guys. Welcome back to another episode of Red Flags and Rosé. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Megan. And boy, do we have some <laughs> stuff to talk about today. Um, first, we'll probably start off the episode with catching up with each other. Um, so what's been up with you? It's been a week. We act like we don't fucking text all week. <laughs> but still, say, I talk what to happened today? More than anybody. <laughs> And we act like we didn't talk on the phone for like 30 minutes before you got here. But, you know, today, I am, I say today, this week I have been on an emotional struggle bus. Your girl is PMSing. So I am just sensitive and, you know, on edge. Mm-hmm. Forgot to take my Adderall today, which made me not focus on anything <laughs> at all. So I was all over the place. Um... But I got off of work early, took a nap for, like, I don't even know that you can classify four hours as a nap, but I was out for about four hours, <laughs> woke up feeling just as shitty, oh, but no. um, okay. energy, recharged. <laughs> recharged. Recharged, still, still sad. <laughs> Good, otherwise. So, yeah, you know, just working on keeping myself together this week, that's... Good. What I've been doing. What have, what have you been up to? What did you do today? Um, this week, kicked my ass. Today was my first full week. Oh, yeah. Back at work. Um, so I've been back from maternity leave since, like, October. Um, but something has literally happened every other week to where I have not been there for a full fucking week of work. Yeah. And... For those of you that don't know, I work four tens, um, and it's fucking hard. It's Which hard. means four days of ten hours. Yes. Um, I'm sure most of you know, but I, I know <laughs> there's someone out there that would be like me, like, what, the fuck is, that? what is a four ten? Four hundred and ten. So pretty much I go to work, die a little on the inside, go home, eat, cuddle with Maisie, try to work out go to sleep that's my week um today just kind of hung out we it snowed yeah we're in the middle of a snow squall yes um i braved the snow because i had <laughs> to go see the lady doctor if you know you know mm-hmm. um it's not fun um but i was actually telling kaylee before but she made me stop <laughs> <laughs> i was like wait we need to catch up at the beginning of the podcast. Stop talking. Um, <laughs> I pass out um, whenever I went to the lady doctors. Probably since I was like 21, maybe. Yeah, I had to go to an appointment with you one time. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I did it then. I didn't know why I did it. But then I had got pregnant. My whole pregnancy, obviously, those of you that have had a baby or anything like that, you know that you're at the doctor's office all the time, Um, especially towards the end. I did fine with, like, drawing my blood and, like, everything. Um, So I went today, and I told Kaylee I was proud of myself because I was nervous because I had to talk about some stuff with my doctor um, about getting my breasts checked out. Um, but that's a story for another day. And then, but I told her I was proud of myself because I didn't pass out, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then I was going to tell a story about how I <laughs> heard about this little boy. 
that I feel like he became famous. He does something, and I'm sure some of you have heard the story, but he kind of Pavlov dogged himself <laughs> with passing out to get out of stuff. Shut up. I'm not kidding. So he <laughs> passed out at school or church or one of the, it was a public area like that, and he got to go home. Oh. So then God. every time he had to go to school or get out of something at school that he did not want to do, he would make himself pass out. So I don't know if, like, in my he head... He has to have long-term brain I damage. There's <laughs> no way. He's just passing out everywhere. And this kid has no damage, I guess. I don't know, but yeah. it worked for him. And then well, his... So you habituated is what you're saying, though. Yeah, so I think the first time it happened, I just did that every time. Because you are so scared it was going to happen? Yeah. That you, like, manipulated yourself yes. into passing. Yes, but I never passed out before they stuck the shit in me. It was always after. So either way, I'm like, that was a waste of my time to pass out, you know. But (laughs) that reminds me, did you see that TikTok of the mom who was like saying, I think it was like the FBI contacted her about her son or something because he hacked the school like there she was genius yeah and he had them working from home and like shut down their shit so they he couldn't would even do that yes yeah yeah and turn it back like, on when he wanted to damn you need to make sure that that kid is on the path to like he'll have a job at the fbi when he turns 18 oh my god no they, the only reason they came there was to like get their information yeah, so that once he's <laughs> once he's 18 they're gonna be like quantico <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm really proud of you because you used to really be freaked out by the doctor, but my mom said the same thing, that when you are pregnant, you're poked and prodded so much that now she doesn't even flinch when she gets, like, blood drawn or shots. She's mm-hmm. just like, just get it over with. Mm-hmm. Where she used to be like me, where I'm like, I don't want a shot. Don't draw my blood. I will hit the deck. Yeah. I pass out every time mm-hmm. I throw up. I pass out when my blood gets drawn. <laughs> I, it's a mess. So what you're saying is... You need to get pregnant so that you can get over those fears. Absolutely. Right now, <laughs> I need to get over my doctor fear. So if anybody out there We're taking is applications. Willing, <laughs> I'm ready. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, so after the vagina talk, we're going to go into... Some penis talk. Some penis talk. Because we were talking about how dudes are fucking gross. Boys are nasty. Like, in the, I mean, honestly, we could stop it there, no explanation, and it stands. It like, does. none of you can argue this point, <laughs> but we will clarify why we bring this up. And I have a story that I read, but we have <laughs> to mention before that. Like, my God. <laughs> like, I don't understand... <laughs> Like, I get, they're gross. They're just messy. I don't, and it's not messy, like, hygiene-wise, because they keep themselves, some. most of the time, some keep themselves pretty clean. Yeah. But I'm talking about, like, when they take care of themselves. They Masturbate. don't give a shit. You're, you're talking about when they're horny. Yes. They, they become an care. animal. When I tell you, they become feral <laughs> when they're horny. And absolutely, the definition of that is in the story I will tell you all that I saw on Reddit, but they don't care. 
They don't. They will fuck anything. Well, not just that. Their well, I mean, their hands everywhere. I'm saying like they don't care. No, that's true. They do use their hand. Like they'll fuck their hand. They'll fuck the crease you of the know, couch. That's true. Why are they so weird about girls' vaginas? When they literally use their hand. God. They literally use their hand. Well, here's the thing. If y'all want to fuck so much, <laughs> and you don't want a woman that fucks, <laughs> who you fucking? Exactly. Who, whomst? Who, who are you fucking? <laughs> Your friends? <laughs> Your homeboys? <laughs> like, what's happening? I don't know. But, Anyways, yeah. big double standard, which we have talked about. In our prior episodes. And we will talk about forever because fuck a double standard. My lock works just as well as your key, bitch. (laughs) But uh, she has not heard the story because I want the the raw reaction. Oh, no. I've Um, only heard the title and that was enough reaction. (laughs) And my God. So I'm not even going to read the title of this, but just so you know, it was on... My um, page on Reddit, so it's under the TIFU subreddit, which is Today I Fucked Up. And um, so says, this Today I Fucked Up didn't happen today, but quite a few years back. For obvious reasons, I'm using a throwaway account as my family knows my main Reddit username. I will point out that his username is Coconut Throwaway 69 which will make sense in just yep. a moment. So let's get into it. He says, anyway, around eight years back, I lived in a coastal southern African country with quite a warm climate. My mother at the time was going through quite a uh, health nut phase and only buying foods she deemed healthy enough. One of these was coconuts. She would buy several coconuts a week to use in food from the local market. Anyway, being a horny teenager, I fapped in regular intervals. (laughs) Unfortunately, there was some severely stressful examinations coming up for me, and as such, my fapping reached a higher peak than usual, and I was feeling pretty sexually frustrated. One day, I hear that my mother is going to be out for pretty much the entire afternoon. Horny me decides that it would be a fantastic idea to fuck a coconut. Honestly, to this day, I can't fathom why I thought that this would be a good idea, but my train of thought back then was clearly somewhat clogged. Interesting choice of word there. Yes. um, I end up grabbing the coconut drill and through 20-ish minutes of concerted effort, end up creating a hole large enough for me to stick my porker into. I decide it requires some lube and grab the nearest slippery thing, butter. (gasps) Before shoving it into the coconut, followed shortly by my meat. I fuck the coconut, and it actually feels pretty damn good, so I blow my load, shove the coconut under my bed, and continue about my day. For the next week. (gasps) The coconut is my savior. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever I want to get off, I simply take it out and fuck it in its delightfully tight hole made better each time by accumulating volumes of my semen and butter acting as a lubricant it's heaven now i have this to stop like, for a second this is because, like some american pie bullshit yeah, like one i have to stop and say 
It sounds like he's really fond of this memory when he's saying it was heaven. Like in his head, he's rethinking it's the like best week of my life. Like he's he's over here fighting his demons when he sees these coconuts in the store. He's like revisiting. Anyways, says now before I continue, I'd best mention that at the time our area was experiencing quite humid, muggy weather, which exacerbated an already existing fly problem. Disgustingly fat, bloated flies were commonly found around our house, and the exterminators couldn't really do anything because it was a localized area problem that would, quote, go away in the winter, end quote. About a week and a bit after the initial coconut fuck, parentheses, Mm -hmm. I'd been using it pretty much every day since then. Close parentheses. I begin to notice a few more flies than usual, as well as an odd, unpleasant smell about my room. Must be the coconut, right? So I decide I'll fuck it once more before I throw it out and get a new one. (laughs) Worst mistake I've ever made. Shameless. Absolutely. You see, the reason for the increased number of flies was that the coconut was evidently, in hindsight, a nearly perfect place to lay eggs. As I penetrate the coconut one last time, I begin to feel a strange wriggling sensation. Puzzled, I pull out to discover that it is covered and rotted in moldy butter and semen, but also tiny fucking maggots that were not only wriggling all over my dickhead, <gasps> but some were trying to force their way up my urethra. Oh! <laughs> oh <laughs> I no. screamed and threw the coconut against the wall, which made the situation worse by spilling the contents. <laughs> So after hours of vigorous cock scrubbing, vomiting, and cleaning the remnants, were spent reflecting on what the fuck I was doing with my life. Never again. Never again. Too long didn't read, don't fuck coconuts. Um, so this post is actually four years old. And it's like one of those like Reddit gold that people refer to now. <clears throat> Um, so this story wasn't actually on my feed. It was another story that was far less bleh. And, um, somebody had linked it in the comment and they were like, instead of using tissues, maybe you should just fuck a coconut. And then everybody was laughing, whatever. But anyways, it has like 91,000 upvotes. So even four years later, people are referring to this in the comments. (laughs) But I was like horrified because like... Genuinely, men will fuck anything. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Because how... I don't know. Like, I I can see using a toy. I can see using... But that also goes to women who use veggies and fruits and, like, different shit. I don't don't get it. Yeah, I mean, mean, sometimes you got to make whatever's in the household work. I have your hand, used, girl. Your hand. At that point, well, I haven't used a vegetable, but I can guarantee that somebody's feeling shamed in the audience right now. Please don't. No, don't feel shamed. Don't feel shamed about that. If you're fucking a coconut that's a week old, shame starts there. After day one is over. <laughs> day one, you're horny. I get it. Try it out. Whatever. Try it once. But you kept that under thing the for bed. A week under the bed. And how? As butter? I don't know. And then I could never because my mom was in our rooms all the time fucking cleaning. There's no way. 
Yeah. There's no way. I would have gotten caught ASAP. Like, you that coconut you would have been sitting on the couch having a discussion with your mother. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But it did give off some American Pie vibes. Horrific. But I mean, he drilled the whole... Uh, did he leave the milk in there? Uh, did he I, empty the milk? I mean, he didn't give that detail. I can only assume that since he liked liquid really being sad. in there, that... Ugh. He left mm. the, the milk in there. But, yeah, I don't know. Sorry for... How old was he? I, he didn't mention, but I'm guessing if he had exams, he's at least school age, college or younger. I was say college so, at that point. Bye. I'm going to say he's 16. Hormones raging. <laughs> you got to, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here on that. So... I don't know. I just know I probably ruined someone's day reading that story, so I apologize. <laughs> that was your cringy but, story. Oh my god! Just absolutely blew my mind when I yeah. read that. Um. So to move on to a different topic <laughs> today, mm-hmm. we're gonna be talking about um, therapy. Yes. And kind of our situations about how we've gotten into therapy and some different advice we can give you on finding one and um, some stories from some other people. Might even have a crazy therapist story for you all. (laughs) Um, But I can go ahead and start. Mm -hmm. Um, I... I've only been to therapy, I want to say when I was little, like, my mom had us go for, like, a little bit, but I don't remember, I don't remember that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, The only other time I remember it is when I was with my ex, I went for, like, three times, and it just didn't help. It didn't help me, so I was just like, eh, but then I feel like I was also at that point in my life where I did not want to hear the truth about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, which is big. Like, if you're not, if you're ready, not ready to heal yeah. and learn a lot about yourself and how you deal with things, don't go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that goes for so many situations in life, too. If you're, yeah. if you're not ready to leave your partner yet, yeah. if you're not ready to you know, leave your job, until you're ready, that decision's never going to feel good. You're never going to be ready to no. actually take the proper steps. Yeah, and don't let people force you into doing it because mm-hmm. it's your journey. You got to learn from it, and you're not going to get anything out of it if you're going when you're not in the correct mindset. Yep. Um, so then, this past time when I decided to go, I was dealing with a lot of um, kind of marital stuff, but I feel like it was more me. Also, like, just me having to figure out how to be a a good partner also. Navigate new motherhood. Yeah. Um, I had some postpartum depression. And then I think I told you on the first episode I got diagnosed with body dysmorphia, which is Mm -hmm. very bad. It sucks. Um, But just working through that. um, But the biggest thing is, is I started off at one place because I had some people recommend it. I think I did about three or four sessions there, and, like, the lady was very nice, but it pissed me off that every time I went, 
And I was telling Kaylee, I would like text or call Kaylee after every one of my appointments. And I was just like, I'm fucking sitting here. I get to all my appointments early. And I'm still sitting here 15 minutes after my appointment time is supposed to start. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm supposed to be sitting in that chair talking to you. And then you're not coming to get me until 15 minutes later. And then still making me leave. So I'm only getting 40 minutes with you by the time I get in there. Which I know 40 minutes is still a lot. But I'm paying you for the hour and that's not the point. Like, Yeah. You know, so that kind of made me mad. Um, I felt like when I was in there. And I know therapists have so many different clients. And I tried to put that in perspective, but when you can't even look at my chart before I fucking come in that room. And especially, you're late taking me in, and it's not because you're looking over my stuff, like... Exactly. So then you have to sit there in front of me and read over and be like, oh, well, what did we talk about again? Or like, oh, so you're dealing with this, and I... (laughs) Thank that God just, you weren't suicidal because that could be, I mean, honestly, that could be the breaking point where it's like, oh, good. Even the person I'm paying to listen to me doesn't remember me. Literally. So then um, I decided to, it was easier for my family and me anyway to not have to go see someone in person because I don't have to. I know some people, they're like adamant, like, I need to go see my person, get out of my space, you know. Um. But actually started couples counseling with uh, this lady online who I love, which in turn turned into I do individual sessions with her um, either once a week or every other week whenever we can uh, find the time. And I've been doing that since about October, I think, October, November with her. Um. And it's been really good. So she's younger, which helps some people. But ultimately, it has helped me heal a lot. I am nowhere near where I need to be. But I know I'm on the right path. Especially, I did not want the same stuff that I went through as a kid or how I feel about myself, like my traumas or anything else, to rub off on Maisie. Um, And I'm actually really proud of myself for taking that step on my own and realizing, like, I don't want to fuck my kid up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So, other than that, what's your story? Um, I mean, I have had struggles with... um, my mental health since I can remember. Um, since I was about seven years old, I really had like crippling anxiety. Like I'm, I'm sure I've talked about it in the past, but um, I would wake up just breathing really heavy. My chest felt tight. I really felt that I was going to die. Like I thought I was going to stop breathing. Mm-hmm. I would have panic attacks just sitting doing nothing I would my parents would sit me in front of the computer to play like Neopets or Sims Mm -hmm. or something just distract my mind and um so I developed unhealthy coping mechanisms with technology all of that and so I never went to therapy through any of that first experience with a therapist was 
Can mm-hmm. I pause for a second? Mm-hmm. Do you think, and this goes for any parent yeah. um, in our age, do you mm-hmm. think that when technology came out, and even some parents these days, like, instead of dealing with the problem, they're just like, here, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, 100%. But you see that with the here, iPad kids. Yeah, that's what, like. Yeah, 100%. That's terrible. They're like, I uh, don't want to deal with this, like, go. Here's yeah. something to distract you, and that's a huge reason why kids just are little shits. No. Like, it's awful. But, yeah, I they didn't teach me what anxiety was. They didn't tell me what I was experiencing, and I'm not shaming them for that because mm-hmm. I do believe that they were just trying to calm me down and do what was good in the moment. But long term, I didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't think I needed to go to therapy and I had anger issues. I had just a whole lot of shit that was going on. And I never went to talk to anybody about it until after I was helping. I was, for one summer, working as a receptionist at a counseling office that was um, kind of affiliated with the church that my mom works at. And so after that summer, I was like, okay, maybe I should check out therapy because I was in school to become a psychologist. I mean, we'll see if I ever you know, actually go get my master's or become a therapist. But like, she will. It's I, in the works. I wanted to go to school for psychology. And so I was like, you know, maybe I should take that step for myself. So I started talking to someone and she was around my mom's age and I felt comfortable, but it being faith-based really like turned me off because, mm-hmm. I mean, she was super lax and like she wasn't super faith-based, but I was like... I had this internal worry constantly that whatever I was saying was going to get told to my mom because my mom worked at the church and then also being judged. So like Mm -hmm. I was never open with her about my sexual activity, which I, that was a huge thing for me and still is where like, uh, before I was diagnosed with ADHD, I didn't really understand that I had impulsive desires and like I was Mm -hmm acting on them through sex from childhood trauma from literally my ADHD just you do those things Mm -hmm. you act on impulse you do risky behaviors like all of that so I wasn't talking to anybody about that and then I paused therapy for a couple years and then I started going back to therapy (laughs) when I was so distraught over whether or not to end my relationship So, um, it was really hard for me because I was only in that chair to talk about that. I wasn't Mm -hmm. in the therapist's office to talk about my trauma, what led me to where I'm at emotionally, everything. I was so distraught because I was so codependent Mm -hmm. in that relationship where I was like, I love him. I can see a future with him, but something's not right. Like, Mm -hmm. And I felt like I couldn't leave. And so after three sessions, I think, with her, I came back the next session. And I was like, I did it. And she was like, whoa, whoa, wait. You broke up with him? And I was like, yes. And she's like, why? She's like, I don't think you were ready. And I was like, me either. And I started bawling. And literally, that was my experience um, there I I still really didn't work on anything Mm -hmm. I took a pause with her for a year and a half went back 
to see her. She was faith-based, and it mm-hmm. just tainted my whole therapy experience because I felt yeah. I felt like even when I went back and was working on my own trauma and stuff, I couldn't talk about having sex because she knew about one guy that I talked to after my ex mm-hmm. and said that I was hopping from relationship to relationship. She was judging me. Ooh. And I'm like, you don't even know about how many people I've slept with, mm-hmm. period. I just imagine if she didn't know. You don't know if I slept with the new guy yet, and you're already judging me like this. Yeah. There was that element of judgment. Also, I was telling her things that I was figuring out from puzzle piecing my own trauma. I was figuring things out and teaching her shit. Yeah. So I'm like, what am I paying you for? Mm-hmm. So honestly... I've just been out here kind of raw dog in life without a therapist. I do have my <laughs> psychiatrist. <has> me. <laughs> yeah, really. I have my psychiatrist that I see um, to evaluate for, like, medication and stuff. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, I really just haven't mm-hmm. been taking therapy a series for myself because right now I feel like I have been doing so much internal work that I haven't Mm -hmm. needed that guidance. Um, But I had the guideline Mm -hmm. on how to do the internal work. And, I mean... I think, ultimately, if you know what you need to do internally and to, like... mm -hmm. If you, yourself, can look in the mirror and be like, this is what I need to work on. This was my past. This was my trauma. Mm -hmm. I think that's easier so people don't have to go to a therapist for that. But I think... Um, especially in my case, I feel like I kind of knew some of it, mm-hmm. but then there's other stuff that you don't know about yourself, like how you react in relationships is codependency, like mm-hmm. how... Why you're codependent. Yeah, like... And Why just, am I anxiously attached? Let's mm-hmm. just talk yeah. about that for a second, because how can we go from... Obviously, you're still single, but, like, even when Mm -hmm. I was single, we go from being the most, like, independent, don't fucking need anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, pay your own, do your own shit. Like, you... You have your own life. You're a bad bitch, essentially, is what they call it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, how do we go from that to then getting in a relationship and then now... Losing yourself. You lose all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, who is she? (laughs) You know? Yeah. And that's a a huge struggle to lose your identity like that and so easily. Mm -hmm. But I definitely understand codependency as a whole because Mm -hmm. I am extremely codependent. And I I am healing from that because I'm actively trying to. But it never even took me being in a committed relationship to become codependent. Like, I Mm -hmm. lost myself in the people I was talking to so Mm -hmm. easily. And the problem was when I got love-bombed, one, I was glad because I wanted someone to be obsessed with me. So it felt good to have someone be obsessed with me. Mm -hmm. And also, I really do love myself. I think I'm great. I think I bring a lot to the table. Mm -hmm. So then when a guy looks at me and he's like, oh, my God, like, immediately in love (laughs) with me, I'm like, yeah, you should be. Yeah. Because, like, I do, I have my own place. I have my own car. I have, you know, a degree. I have all my bills paid without, you know, any help. I, mm-hmm. you know, don't have kids. I 
literally, and this is not to talk shit on anybody that doesn't have that shit together, but it's like, I check every box. Mm-hmm. So when they love bomb me, I'm totally blindsided when it's love bombing because I'm like, do you want to, I um, understand. Define love bombing for people that don't know. So love bombing is typically used by narcissists, but I believe it's also really just kind of in general what men do. Fuck boys. Yes. When they just want to use you for sex, mm-hmm. but they feel like they're not going to get it immediately. So they want to make you feel like they are in love with you. They want to court you. They want to treat you right. Um and for ex- they talk the talk. Yes, much. It, and, they say all of the right things. Yes, and this was like the guy that I talked to in um, November that we mentioned the last episode said all of the right things. Mm-hmm. He talked to me about his past trauma with relationships, wanted to know about all of my trauma, all of this stuff. <laughs> told me that he would never do those things. Like, he could never see why someone would ever want to hurt me. I'm so valuable. Like, he wanted to take me to, like, these foreign countries and all of this Mm -hmm. shit. Just, like, it all sounded so good. But then he actually didn't do me like I was done in the past. He did me worse. So he, like... 100%. He was just a piece of shit. And... I could tell that I've grown enough to not be mad at myself mm-hmm. for falling in this situation because I didn't, like, beg him yeah. to choose me. Like, I was like, I'm going to block him. I gave him one final reach out and texted him and was like, hey, you really had me thinking that we were on a different path than this. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've had an off week or something's wrong, totally understand just let me know what's happening. And then um, I kind of left it at that. And then I didn't block his contact, but I deleted his name out of my phone. I deleted the number. I deleted it from the recent, so I couldn't reach out. Mm -hmm. And then I blocked him or unfollowed him on social media. I didn't block him. But I was just, like, proud because the old me would have been crying Mm -hmm. on my hands and knees, like, trying to figure that out. And so this is all to say that, like, you do end up losing yourself in people when you can't provide yourself with the things that you're searching for them to give you. Yes. And then you start to prioritize them. Yep. So I feel like the reason that I don't really have to go to therapy um, at the moment is because I've uncovered so much that I can work through mm-hmm. that is like, I, it was like hidden trauma. Yeah. So I can work through all of that and I know I need to heal my father wound. I know that I need to heal my codependency. That's enough to work on for now. Yeah. You know, that I'm like, <laughs> we'll work on the other nine later. Yeah. No, it's literally <laughs> the, the other 98 problems can <laughs> be worked on later because those are the two things that are holding me back from a productive, happy life. Mm-hmm living my own life, mm-hmm. and then not looking for someone to fulfill those needs yeah. for me. Yeah, because you're supposed to have your life somewhat together, and then the person that comes along, if you have a person. If you don't, then you don't. But if you do, that person's just supposed to enhance it, Yeah, not 
level it out or complete it or, you know, it's just supposed to make it better. Yeah. And I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of, it's so toxic Mm -hmm. to think about someone draining you of your energy because they're like, I need you to make me happy. You Mm -hmm. make me happy. Like I need you to fix my emotions. I need you to constantly assure me that you love me even though nothing's changed. Mm -hmm. But then when you're asking for it, you don't feel like you're, you know, you don't feel like yeah. you're being toxic. You're like, I, but this is what I need. And yeah. it's like, okay, but you're fucking draining someone <laughs> because you can't do be it okay yourself. on your own. Mm-hmm. Like you literally can't be okay by yourself. Yeah. So then, you know, that's what me and Austin were kind of working on. Cause I mean, obviously people go through their own rut, whether they're married or not. Mm-hmm. Um, And then you add a kid to it, too. Like, you have to navigate a lot. And I think we both were kind of, like, lost in each other in the way of, like, we didn't want to do things without each other or... Because my excuse always was, is, like, if I did something new or something fun, I wanted him and Maisie to be there. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want them to miss out on that stuff either. But, like... I guess just an example, like, if I went somewhere new or, like, a new restaurant yeah. or, you know, something like that. Um, I'm trying to learn not to feel bad if, like, girlfriends or, you know, people ask me to hang out and we're going to this new restaurant that, A, me and Austin been talking about going but haven't been yet. I'm having to learn how not to feel bad if I go with them and not Austin, you know. And Austin is also having to learn not to be upset that I want to go do those things without Mm -hmm. him, you know? And that's just, like, even with the gym. Like, we both, even before we met each other, going to the gym two to three hours a day, working, you know? And, you know, of course, everything is going to change, especially with a fucking kid. You can't. Like, unless you have a home gym and you can go hang out for two hours. Or you're paying for a sitter or daycare in the gym. You have to make time. So, you mm-hmm. know, we've worked out a good thing. We're like, he likes going in the mornings, so that's what he does. And then I am not a morning workout person, and I don't think I ever will be because it just doesn't – it does not wake me up like it wakes up some people. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel terrible the rest of the day. Um, so then I make myself do it when I get home at night. And he has Maisie. Like, we're on this understanding, and it's – yeah. It's mostly Good. just working together to find, yeah. like, a life because it's, like, Megan sent me this TikTok last week. Um, I wrote down the <laughs> at. It's at Banana Bonani. It's super cute. Um, but she said had made a video about how she was super codependent until she got into a relationship with her boyfriend that she's with currently. Mm-hmm. And they have such a healthy relationship. And he will only check in with her maybe once a day. Oh, with, and like, she, texting and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. she had to, like, learn that that's okay. Because he would call her at night and yeah. they would catch up. And he was very intentional with plans. So it wasn't that he didn't want to talk to her. It's just that he had a life outside the relationship. The relationship was not his life. Mm-hmm. And so it allowed her to cultivate independence outside of the relationship and outside of her partner. And it gave them space to be individuals and to miss mm-hmm. each other. And I mean, I think that that kind of health is, it gives you the feeling for each other mm-hmm. 
like you feel when you're first falling in love. Yeah. Because you miss them. Like, you crave, like, that independent time that you're going to make for each other. Like, you want to go on dates. You want to do things together because you're, like, not just forcing the plans together. You're having that time apart. And it's important, even in long-term relationships, marriage with children, Mm -hmm. to have that, like, Oh yeah, I'm an indi- I'm an individual with like individual hobbies, yeah. different friends, different interests. So then, like to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. how do people who are trying to date um, not be so independent to where they don't let that other person in? Like they don't even try, or they're just like, um. I have a couple of people I know that kind of, like, went through this Mm -hmm. where they're just like, well, I want to do this and this, um, but I'm scared that person won't fit in to what I'm doing or, like, what I want to do. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, where it's just, Um, like, they want a partner, but they don't want to lose the life that they've built. Yeah. And they feel like they're going to pretty much. Yeah, but then if you don't give it a chance... Yeah, you're never going to know. Exactly. I mean, we will never know how to make it work for those kinds of people because, like, we just don't have those issues. I would say, like, for me, a huge part of not becoming, like, too independent is just reminding myself of what I want long term Mm -hmm. and so when I am talking to the person I'm interested in just being present and invested in the conversation Mm -hmm. and then like cultivating that independent life and like really living that but I mean for me having a life that I'm interested in and happy in Mm -hmm. by myself started you know two weeks ago (laughs) <laughs> like, no exaggeration. Like, Literally. I found myself... One day it just clicked. It clicked for me, and it, it was actually after... Um, and some people have seen my TikTok that I made about healing my codependency. It was literally after a conversation with the guy that I've been talking to. Mm-hmm. And he's extremely important to me. And we were talking about things, and he said that he had seen a shift in me over the past year and that I used to have such strong boundaries and how I needed to be treated and how I wouldn't accept anything less. And he kind of watched me become someone who allowed him to do whatever because I just wanted to have mm-hmm. him in my life. And it clicked for me at that point that, like, I am supporting my boyfriend's. Mm-hmm. endlessly this is how I've always been without I w- the girlfriend status sometimes well, I sometimes. mean it mm, I, I would say like it goes to a certain extent with two people mm-hmm. with other people I do some stuff but it's not ever like yeah. crazy how the extent that I go to support them but like with my ex-boyfriend that I was with anything bend over backwards just to make sure that he's taken care of like mm-hmm. his life is good with this new guy that I've been talking to on and off, like, I support him, make sure that everything that he needs emotionally, like, he's good to go, gifts for him, like, whatever. I'm always there making sure he's good. And then I sit here empty, no hobbies, don't want to do anything when I'm off of work. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm constantly sad because I'm not with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what life do I have 
outside mm-hmm. of my partners, and mm-hmm. I don't even have the partner right now. Yeah. So it led me to this point that I wrote down. If you have enough time to sit around and wait for a response, sit around and be sad about someone not texting you back, giving you attention, whatever, then you are not busy enough or investing in yourself enough Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. And that's not to say that you're going to have those days and you're going to have those nights where you just want to fucking wallow or, Mm -hmm. you know, be sad. But at the same time, And, you know, I've tried to tell Kaylee before, too, like, go do something. Even if it's a home workout. Put your phone down. Don't sit on your couch. But I've told myself the same thing. Like, it's so easy to sit there and scroll through TikTok for two hours and get lost until you have to go to sleep, you know? Yeah. But you just feel much better. And you don't even realize that you're mindlessly filling your time. Yeah. Until months later when you're like, what have I been doing with my life? Literally. But what point were you going to make? So when you're talking about how he said that you used to have like such strong boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, So a big one, and I think we both go through it, is why do we feel like our boundaries being crossed is equivalent to being loved. <laughs> and this is hard. This is a hard, hard, hard thing to face. It is. And 100% what we came to agreement upon um, when we talked about this, and this took a lot of reflection on our childhood mm-hmm. and looking at what we've been through, is seeing that we were not allowed to have boundaries as kids. And this mm-hmm. is not to say... We did not have bad childhoods. We were not, like, you know, traumatized in ways that were, like, extremely detrimental. This is not to talk shit about our families. I feel like every person around our age has some fucked trauma because Mm -hmm. parents just didn't know. Mm -hmm. But, like, we did not have boundaries. We, our parents could walk, well, parents, but, like, my mom would walk in the bathroom. Didn't matter if I was, like, bathing in the shower, like, peeing, whatever. Like, she'd just come in. Or, like, didn't matter if I was changing or, like, I had no privacy. Door open. Walk in the room. Mm -hmm. You know? It's like, and if you want to lock on your door, why? Why do you need that? Exactly. It's like our, so, like, I know our parents grew up in the age of, even with emotions, it's you don't fucking cry. You don't cry. You don't feel that. You know what I mean? So, I feel like our parents' generation struggled with their emotions Mm -hmm. and regulating them so they didn't know how to teach us to regulate ours in the right way because you know how can this is just one example like but my mom how can you go from beating our ass and like telling us to quit crying after you beat our ass Mm -hmm. to then like hey what's for dinner later what do you want to eat like nothing ever happened you know and me and Kaylee were talking about this earlier was just how we are both the same in the way of like even now we read the room no matter what room we are in it is red consider it red if I'm entering it (laughs) that energy is picked up we know every single person's energy yeah like it's like that so raven we're like, yes, she sees the, the future, but, like, mm-hmm. you tunnel in on the one person who's fucking sad. Yeah. At least I do. Like, 
It's not even, it's any emotion that is not just at the equilibrium. Yeah. Like if you are above or below the vibration, I will pick up on it because we were traumatized as children with that passive aggressiveness where you have to predict the emotion around you. Mm -hmm. Parents weren't talking about it. It was in the heaviness of their footsteps, the loudness of closing cabinets. Mm -hmm. It's in the tone of voice the degradation through words, mm-hmm. like just snapping at you because the buildup. Yeah. They, weren't, they weren't telling you what they needed you to do. You know, it was and just I've expected. And I've noticed myself doing that, like yes. even now. Well, in relationships ex- especially. And I'm like, fuck, why am I doing, like, you know what I mean? People aren't mind readers. They're not, but yeah. we had to learn how to be. It, yeah, and we did. But that's the whole... Our whole issue is we're very similar in that way where we're like, well, I had to do it, so why can't you figure it out? Yeah. And it took a lot of work for me to be like, okay, I can't sit here and not communicate mm-hmm. and expect them to figure it out. Yeah. I just can't. And I think I've gotten a little bit better just from like the couples therapy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I would literally want Austin to read my mind on, like, this is what I want with the kitchen. This is what I want with this. Like, cleaning-wise and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when it didn't happen, I'm like... Pissed. Bruh. Why the fuck did he not clean the kitchen? You're you know? Like, you're like, why isn't this on the forefront of his mind? Yes. It's well, not. Boys don't fucking work that way like at all, Men have, like, two thoughts pinging and ponging around in their brain <laughs> at any time. It's what's on TV. Oh, no. Three, three thoughts. TV... Dinner, six. Yep. Pinging and ponging in their head. That's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I say that about married life. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to talk shit about my single, independent (laughs) men out there. (laughs) She's talking about you, too. Anyways. (laughs) um, But it's true. Like, you you have to learn how to communicate. Because they're not going to fucking know. They're not going to know what you want. They can't read your mind. And, like, I still have to catch myself... I think it's more with the routine, too. Yeah. Because, like, when you have a kid. Yeah. It's there's like, a ru- you know. There's a routine. Yeah. You know at this time she's eating or mm-hmm. she's taking a bath or she's going to bed. So why the fuck am I coming home at a certain time and this bitch has not had her bottle, she has not had a bath, and she is not anywhere close to going to bed? Yeah. You know what I mean? She's not wound down at all. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. animals. You gotta feed the animals. Yeah, and this just happened a, yesterday. Look, they're on a schedule. We have plans to go to dinner. I'm coming straight from work to pick them up and then go to dinner. Mm-hmm. And so we leave. We're on our way to dinner, and I'm like, "Oh, did you feed the animals before we left?" No. Well, no. I asked you, but you were on the phone. So I was on the phone with you in the car. Oh my god! And it's like, um, and I'm like, why does that matter? Why do you? Why do you have to ask me if the do- and also animals why? need to be fed? Just do it. Like that's my thing. Like, you know? Why do you also have to have an excuse paired with why you didn't do it? <laughs> no, it's your fault though. It's not my fault. Yeah, it's like just because no, I was on the phone. No, I didn't do it. But if you wouldn't have been, it's like, okay. Let's not point the finger here because I'm going to get pissed. Exactly. Like, just take responsibility and feed the fucking animal. <laughs> so, it's just shit like that. Um, but I think just the key points 
um, for this episode to hopefully take away from is it's going to take time if you want to start going to therapy. If you don't feel like you're ready to hear the truth about yourself, don't go. Um, and sometimes you'll go. You'll strike out with one. You'll find another. Mm-hmm. Strike out again. It could take out to two or three times to find somebody. Yeah, it's like dating. It you is. You can't expect to find the perfect therapist the first go around. Sometimes you find the perfect fit, but if you really feel like you need that, don't give up just because you have like one bad experience. Yeah, and also give it two to three sessions anyways. Yes. Because it's really hard to be vulnerable at first anyways. It's gonna feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But you have to be okay with being uncomfortable because it's only gonna get worse. Yeah. With what you're gonna have to face with the uncomfortability. Yeah. Because delving into your trauma is never gonna be fun. It's never gonna be easy. And another thing is don't go to therapy if you're not going to do the homework because your therapist can only do so much. They can guide you mm-hmm. to the problem and, you know, tell you what you need to do. But if you are not taking that home and working on it constantly, mm-hmm. nothing's going to change. It's not. Um, and then on the other note is just be as transparent as you can with them. And if you feel like you can't be, then that's a sign. Yeah. Um, Read into if it's you or if it's them. Yeah. If you feel like you're holding yourself back, cool. But if it's something with them, yeah, someone else is better for you. And trust your intuition too, because give it two or three sessions, but trust your gut. And if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, second, boundaries. Sticking with them. Stick with your boundaries. Um, people will call you picky. People will call you a prude. People will call you boring. Or say that your standards are too high. Exactly. Or... Um, do what you think is best for yourself. That's also, I mean, it's your life. And I. that is my motto for even my life. It is your journey. It's mm-hmm. your life. You need to do what's best for you. In all cases... I don't give a fuck what your mom says, your dad, your best friend, your sister. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't. What you think is best for you, as long as you are not hurting yourself or others, that's what's best. Yeah. You know? And I mean, when you're setting those boundaries, you're going to end up upsetting somebody. But the thing is, it doesn't matter at the end of the day if yeah. you upset somebody, but it's keeping your internal peace. Because think of how many times that you have tried to keep the peace outside of you when there's literally a war just fucking raging in you. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, everybody's okay but me. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's okay but me, and I'm maintaining that yeah. standard. Yeah. So, I mean, it reminds me of this little thing that I wrote in my notes, too, about, like, when I was recognizing that... It is such a good thing to get rejected when you're dating. And Mm -hmm. to to be real up front and them not choose you is only preventing... It it is, but it's not when you realize that it's only preventing you from wasting your time. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not wasting your time because as women, especially, men grow on you when you keep them around. Every man that has been trash, I've had to talk myself into sticking around for them. Mm -hmm. And it's been like, 
oh, they're not that cute, but... Or, you know, he doesn't have a car, but... You know, and it's just like you talk yourself into being in love with them eventually. Yeah. But I said, my favorite thing to do is be real about me, my needs, and not hold back. What I mean about that is I don't play busy. I don't care if I text back too fast. I don't try to text back slow and make it seem like I'm busy. If my phone is in my hand, I'm texting you back. And if I'm busy, I'm busy. By making myself attainable to the guy that I'm pursuing, he will react in one of two ways, interested or not. This says a lot about how our relationship will go, and that's why I take no offense when men decide against pursuing me. If a man is only attracted in pursuing me when he can't have me, then he likely has an avoidant attachment style and will run from me when he finally attains me anyways. He didn't want me. He wanted the chase. I don't want the chase. I want a healed man to want me and pursue me because it is what he wants, because I require too much love and to give too much love to settle. Mm-hmm. And... It's just sticking with your fucking boundaries at the end of the day. Like, you have to. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, did you have a story that you were going to share about the therapist? The crazy therapist? Um, Couldn't really find one that was, like, super crazy. Mm -hmm. But I think it was just more of, like... It kind of had to do with yours. With just how... um, this person went and the therapist just judged the fuck out of them like literally shamed them for how they were living their life and she wasn't even doing anything crazy like she was dating she was Those doing normal shit faith based people and I'm not trying to talk shit about <laughs> faith based people but like that is the most judged I've ever felt is sitting yeah. in a chair across from somebody who was a Christian counselor. And I don't even know if it, it was like, it was kind of like the therapist was like gaslighting them too or like, and it was, they were just like, well, do you really think it was the other person's fault? Like, bitch. Oh my God. You know, you're like, I'm already traumatized enough. I don't need you. Like, don't you think you're here to help me? It's like, don't you think that I've asked myself that same question? Like my anxiety every day. Literally. And I mean, God, sometimes it's nice to have a therapist that calls you on your shit at the proper time, though, because Mm -hmm. it's like, what part do you play in your own misery? A lot. I am the biggest (laughs) Look at me. I'm over here gaming, bitch. I, you can catch me streaming on Twitch with how big of a player I am in my own misery. Because I put in work. Because <laughs> it's on the days when I'm doing the most for myself that I'm feeling the best. Mm-hmm. Because anytime anybody gets into a depressive rut, it is because they've gone too far and not caring for themselves. Uh-huh. And it is a feedback loop. Because all it takes is one day where you're like, eh, I'm too tired to wash my face tonight. And then Me you just... Me every time, Downward. Bro. Downward spiral from Don't there. shower. You're literally, Don't wash your hair. You're literally doing nothing to care for yourself. Yep. And that's like my skin got so bad over quarantine because I just was not doing a routine. And I was wearing masks. Like, I'm not leaving the house. Day. What? Well, I mean... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> even when I was, I was working and I had to wear mm-hmm. a mask you know, nine, 12 hours a day and my skin was just looking like shit. And then I wasn't doing my makeup because I felt like shit with how my makeup looked on top of that. I wasn't taking selfies. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you feel like shit when you don't take care of your shit. Mm -hmm. Laundry stacking up. 
apartment's a mess. Like all of the things that you are like putting off, you're like, I just want to watch TikTok or I just want to lay around and watch TV. You're mm-hmm. like indulging in those moments. Yeah. And just further pushing yourself yeah. into your rut. It would be equivalent to like a fucking diet. Yeah. That it's like, yeah, let me eat a little bit healthy this morning and then eat a whole row 17 of Oreos. Oreos. We're on the same Later. page. It's like, <laughs> I had a little, uh, you know, you're like, gonna have my green smoothie for breakfast. <laughs> had a nice little salad with light vinaigrette for lunch. Fucking pumpkin pie the whole thing for dinner. Literally. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's not easy facing yourself. It's not, but it is the most rewarding. It is. And once you get down to the nitty gritty, you will feel so much better. Truly. I've never felt better in my life. And I mean, yes, I've been. For the last I've two been, weeks. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, for real though. I'm just kidding. But it's like when you actually give a fuck about you more than you're valuing someone outside of you. Yeah. It's like. You know what's other, you know what else is crazy like that I sit here and think. I just think about other people's relationships too. And, and this is me not comparing my relationship to them, which I will talk about that. In another episode, I'm terrible mm-hmm. at comparing. Um, but if you just look at the difference between men and women, like not all women, but you see most of us when we get into these relationships, when we lose ourselves, the man does not. Like, they're going to do their fucking hobby. They're going to continue to do what they want to do. They're going to continue to golf. They're going to go shooting. They're going to go hunting. They're going to make time for the shit that they like to do. Mm-hmm. And they don't care. Like, they don't care whose feelings it hurts. They don't care, like, yeah. you know, why can't we be like that? Yeah, I know. But I think I'm slowly getting there. Yeah. Because, like, even, even tonight, like, there was some family in town. And we were supposed to go to dinner, and I was just like, nope, I already have plans to record a podcast. I'm doing this for me. You know, because then I think about all the other times when some of this family comes in town or we go visit them or whatever. They don't stop their fucking life for us. You know? No. And they shouldn't have to. Like, Yeah, but that's the whole thing. And I feel like my situation has been a lesson to both of us about... Having a life (laughs) outside of your partner. Yeah. Because, I mean, to be kind of candid, it's like he's really busy. And Mm -hmm. he's really invested in where he wants to go in the future, what he wants to get done. Mm -hmm. Does he care about me? Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, he demonstrates that as well as he can, as often as he can. But he puts himself and his dreams that he's had for long before he knew I was even a person. First. First, as he should. And at first, I was hurt. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. Drop everything, bitch. Yeah, it's like, be obsessed with me. What are you doing? (laughs) Because he was at first. You Uh know, like, he was super just infatuated, couldn't get enough of hanging out with me. And then it shifted because it's like, okay... We're used to each other, and now I have to get back on my my grind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
you know, kind of had, had to adjust to that. But then me and you were talking about everything and we're like, this isn't toxic. Like no. this is extremely good for normal. Me. This is exactly what I need to like work on me and my codependency <laughs> because I have someone that's perfect for it because he is securely attached. Mm-hmm. Like he does not need to talk to me 24 seven to know that my emotions are the same. Mm-hmm. And I need to figure out how to find that balance, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a gift. You're welcome that I'm going through this. <laughs> I'm glad that I can be of service. But, it, I mean, it's hard still sometimes. And both of us struggle when I'm talking about some stuff because we're like, damn, mm-hmm. wish this was different. But it's like all of the good shit outweighs the scenarios I'm making up in my head that make it bad. Because yeah. it's not even like the reality of the situation. Yeah. So And sometimes I'm no help either because I'm like, fuck him. Yeah. He should make time. Well, but then it's like, it's hard. He can't. Yeah. Like, le- legitimately he cannot. cannot. Yeah. So it it's one of those things where it's like, of course, look at your situation. Do not make excuses for people. But like, follow your intuition. Mm-hmm. You know when somebody is bullshitting you and they have time and they can make time. Yeah. But you have got to have a life outside of your partner. And you do. don't feel bad. Don't rearrange plans that you have set, even if it's just you. Mm-hmm. You have plans to go get a mimosa by yourself in the morning and read. Mm-hmm. Go do that. That's literally what my therapist said to me. It's like, go have brunch you by yourself. Tell, or even if you have plans go with have someone coffee. else. Yeah. Go, if you tell people, um, this is the plan. I hope you can make it. Don't get upset when they don't show up. Yeah. Like, I think I... But also, don't show up if you don't want to go. Exactly. Do not feel bad about not showing up places that you don't want to be. Exactly. Because I think I struggle with both. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to hurt people's feelings, but then at the same time, when people don't show up for me... Because you always show up. Because I always show up for people, I'm like... Wow, fuck them. I know. Like, but think do they about, not like me? Think about how much you wish that you could be that person when you're going somewhere you don't want to go, though. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because but they're not going because they don't like you. And I know, I'm not saying this. I'm saying this in general. No, no, no. no like, I know. I'm just. It, they're not even coming because they don't like you. It's I don't have the emotional mm-hmm. availability for that today. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Or not giving people a reason. Fuck it. It doesn't fucking matter why mm-hmm. I don't want to go. I won't be there and I like yeah. I apologize but I won't be there. Yeah. You don't need to know. Like fuck the social standard with that. Don't go places where either you don't feel like the invitation is actually open. Bro, if they don't invite you, don't fucking invite yourself. Don't. It's never worth it. Don't do it. It is never worth because it. Because if they wanted you there, they wouldn't invite you. Yes. And that speaks volumes on them. Yes. On them. 100%. And everything is an ego thing. It is. With us. It's the hurt of not being invited, so you want to, like, nuzzle your way in there and be yeah, like, this and is I'm why like, I should have been yeah, invited. bitch. <laughs> but then you're like, it's not fucking worth it. Ever. It's not. And I have learned, because I had a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Because I difficult. would be like, where are we going? Can we go? Like... Yeah. Can I go? You know, but obviously they didn't want me there for some reason. Don't know what it is, 
but I don't invite yeah. myself anymore. And I have found that in those situations where my feelings get so hurt, mm-hmm. there is a reason. And it's like, I thought you were too tired. I thought that maybe you wouldn't enjoy the activity, like mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like, okay, in these situations, I'm genuinely like, I was really tired and I wouldn't have wanted to go, mm-hmm. but I'm like, just throw the invitation out there because I might be good enough, good to yeah. go. So I think if you if you want the person there, even though they always say no or extend whatever, extend the invite. Still invite if you want them there. Yeah, because they can say no or yes if they want yeah, to, and let them say no or yes. Give them a chance, and that's in anything. <laughs> I will throw this out here while we're talking about it. It does not matter what it is. Do not say no before someone tells you no. This is applying at a job. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you don't think that you're going to get the job. Allow, you that bitch. allow someone else to tell you no. Because you're going to end up stealing opportunities from yourself that you possibly could never get again. Mm-hmm. And at that very moment, it's like the universe would be rewarding you for stepping out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Than like your usual straight line of like, oh, I don't want an inconvenience or I don't want to mm-hmm. fuck it. Inconvenience them. Yeah, inconvenience <laughs> them. Throw, just throw the invite out. Put the application out. Like, this is what we're doing. Do it because if I wouldn't have done that, if I wouldn't have done that, I would not be where I am in my job right now. Yeah. With a nine fucking dollar raise and only being there for just now two years. Yeah. Like. You're, you keep moving forward, and that's the thing, is you are either going to be your biggest roadblock mm-hmm. or your big, biggest accelerator. Yep. And it's you are the difference maker in how your fucking life goes. It doesn't matter how your life went, as long as you can change that pathway in your brain of how you're viewing things. Mm-hmm. Period. And that, this is what we're doing all 2022 Rich, happy, peaceful vibes. We are only doing things that bring us financial stability, peace, and happiness. Mm -hmm. And that includes doing things by ourselves, finding hobbies that fill us up. That's a red flags and rosé trademark copyrighted. Don't fucking steal it. (laughs) Not that we got it off TikTok, but (laughs) (laughs) it is not trademarked. (laughs) (laughs) However, what the fresh fuck is, so... (laughs) But anyways, I believe that it is the perfect point to wrap up on rich, happy vibes, only rich, happy, peaceful ones. Every That's what we're doing. Day. Every motherfucking day. We love you all so much. Can't please, wait to hear from you all again. Please, please rate, review, subscribe, share with your besties, your depressedies. Y'all did good last week. We're in that top 10. Yeah, top 10% globally of all podcasts in existence. It's fine. It's still big though. No, I'm saying like, no, this is huge. I'm saying it's fine. (laughs) Don't freak out. Top 10% and that's only getting started. So we can't wait to share more content with you guys. Please follow us at Red Flags and Rosé on Instagram. And, of course, we have some super exciting stuff coming up for you all next week. Talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.